Welcome back to Lead with Empathy. Today, I am going to do my best to portray the messages, I guess, that I want to portray and also kind of try to keep myself together. I, a lot of my episodes, I will try to make a script or make notes for myself just so that way I try to hit all the pieces that I want and then sometimes I just want to talk and I'm not always the best at that. I'm just going off whatever it goes flow in my brain but this topic I feel like really it's my only choice but to just let the conversation flow. So I've been wanting to make a podcast about mental illness and mental health for a long time because it was also the catalyst but not just behind this podcast but at times has been the catalyst for why I actually started a blog many years ago and then also tried to incorporate this into my social media account and then it was going to be and it is going to be part of the health series and then now as a podcast but it's very hard for me to talk about and I haven't found the perfect maybe approach to it and so that's why I'm just going to try today to give you some of my story and message in the best way I can today. So the reason that I'm feeling motivated, I guess, to record this today is because next week is my cousin's birthday. And um, this is just for a warning. I am going to be talking about mental illness and suicide. And this year, my little cousin committed suicide. And this summer. And we, as children... We were very close um, because we both spent a lot of time at our grandparents' house. And then, you know, when you, you know how it is when you have little cousins that you're close with. As you grow up, you're in sports, you do different things, even the male-female thing, it just becomes different, a complicated, different relationship. And he moved to his father's house when, I don't remember exactly how old he was, But when he moved to his father's house, I saw him way less and I really only saw him on holidays. And then, you know, you become teenagers. And again, I was in sports and he was into different things. He was the, you know, mechanic type, rough, tough hunting type kid. And that just wasn't me. And again, so I really only saw him on holidays kind of going forward. But we always had that connection. We both uh, just deeply loved our great grandfather and um, we love our grandmother that is still part of my life and we've always connected on that. So uh, when I got that call this summer, we were actually, my husband was at a continuing education course um, and he called me and told me that my dad had called him to tell him that he had committed suicide. And My husband rushed over from his class and I called to find out what was going on from my dad, what he had learned and what my grandmother had learned. And then I called my cousin who also was close to him at times and kind of learned what we knew about the situation. And to be honest, the top feeling that I had when I heard about this was guilt. And I have guilt surrounding his death because I remember a few years ago, um, 
my grandmother had told me that he had gotten into some trouble with alcohol and that he um, had lost his license after getting multiple OUIs. And I remember hearing that from my grandmother. And I just want you to know, too, I don't share these stories to taint his memory. He was a wonderful, kind, gentle, big kid. Um, and I loved him dearly. So I'm sharing this not to taint his memory, but he clearly did have an alcohol problem. And um, he got a couple OUIs. And I remember saying to my grandmother that there was a part of me that wanted to find him and hit him in the chest, you know, in that like playful but also meaningful way and take him to my house and put him in a red bedroom and tell him that I loved him and that he wasn't going to leave until we figured out what was going on and that I was going to take care of him because he was, he meant so much, he means so much to me and that he was so much better than what alcohol does to certain people. And a lot of this deep feeling surrounding alcohol comes from my family's deep-rooted mental health and addiction issues. So I've never really talked about this, um, and few people know, um, honestly, but I don't drink. I mean, I've had alcohol in the past, but, and I've had... You know, when I was in college, I remember one bad episode and it was because I used alcohol because my grandfather was sick and I was really having a hard time coping with it. Uh, I was having a hard time not, you know, having the guilt of being away at college when I really just at times wanted to be with him. And I also just know that... I, if I made drinking a habit, meaning like I had one, even just one every day that I would become an alcoholic. And that sounds to some people that sounds ridiculous, but I have a lot of other addictive type behaviors, meaning like I even think about chocolate. Like I have, I'm very much like a patterned individual. So things become patterns or consistent for me. And I will just follow that. And I, whatever gene that is, um, I know I have it, that I would be an alcoholic. And it's definitely, the genes are there. Um, I am, I do want to add to that I don't come from um, a traumatic childhood, meaning I don't, my parents were fabulous. I don't have a history of mental abuse or neglect or physical abuse or sexual abuse. I So it's very hard sometimes when I talk about these things and when I've talked about these things in therapy because I don't fit your picturesque, I guess. Um, I don't fit that profile. And so I've always tried to figure out, you know, why I have issues with being around alcohol or alcoholism, um, why I couldn't personally continue or drink consistently. Why I've never touched a drug and I never would. I've never smoked marijuana and I never will. Um, why I have such strong feelings um, about like mommy wine culture and just anything surrounding addictions. 
And a lot of it, again, is not from personal experience or anything, even with my parents or what I've been exposed to through my parents. It's deeper. And I've shared, I think I've shared this book on my Instagram before, but there are a couple books I can put in the description that I'm kind of learning about epigenetic um, trauma and how generationally we can actually experience the physical and emotional traumas from our psychosomatic feelings, I guess, and from our family trauma. So I, as I've discovered, like through therapy and through reading, I feel that. I feel that whatever that gene is, that gene expression, I unfortunately carry a significant amount of trauma from my family's history of um, addiction, trauma, abuse, neglect, abandonment, um, you name it. I unfortunately feel like I carry a lot of those things, even though I don't necessarily have personal experience with it. And I know that sounds wild. um, And I know it also sounds a little bit poor me. I'm not trying to make this sound like um, I'm the victim here. Uh, To be honest, that's honestly something I've always struggled with is kind of why do I carry all of this when I have no personal history of trauma? And again, that's where the reading and the counseling has helped in the past because I think it really didn't start with me. And I really do feel like I carry some of those, um, whatever that is, that gene or however it's passed down, I do feel like I carry that. And by the way, I don't blame anyone. I don't blame my mother, my father. I don't blame them for giving me these genes and carrying this on. I just know it's a part of me and I also don't let it, I guess, victimize me. I just, I'm very much also a root cause or I need to understand something type person. So it just makes sense to me that sometimes I have issues with like leaving my children and feeling like I'm abandoning them, even though I'm just like going to the grocery store. But when you start to learn about your family history and you start to learn about things that have happened, you know, it it makes sense that I think I carry a lot of that abandonment, even though I obviously am not and would not abandon my children. It's just this strong inkling or feeling. And I also learned about it in um, the book that I was reading to Good Morning Monster and just all of these little details. It helps me sometimes to cope with my own emotional struggles when I can make these connections, I guess. So when it comes to my cousin, I've just been, uh, as his birthday approaches, because typically with my like grandfather's birthday or just when we approach holidays and things, it's always hard. And this is the first birthday that he'll be gone. And I just kind of go back to that time in it when I wanted to just take him home with me and help fix him. And, and, and I mean that in the nicest way, but fix him and pull him out of that hole, whatever he was, that led him to... Um, getting the OUIs and really just also talking with him about our family history because it just also angered me that he would let something like a substance take over him because, and when I say that, I mean that gently because again, I know that uh, addiction is a mental health problem, but we again are surrounded in our family by issues with substances And I guess I was lucky in some way that I just recognized very early at a young age that I did not want to go down that pathway. And then also that I 
cognitively refrained and made the cognitive um, choices to not do substances and have that strength and awareness, I guess. And so it's really hard sometimes because um, life, I do feel that life is all about choices. And, you know, why did I make the choice, the cognitive choice to do these things versus the, my, you know, my cousin who is also aware that we have all these addictions and things in our family history. Why did he make the choice to go down this path? Well, the part of the reason um, that I'm also motivated to start this podcast and have these other conversations is sometimes I think about um, the difference between me as a woman and the difference for him as a male and what it means to have emotions or mental illness. And what I mean is I'm going to make overgeneralizations here. And so don't get mad at me, but you have, I, I just know that in a lot of these different, um, we'll say professions that are male dominated, there is a different culture compared to like a bunch of women who are teachers, right? If you went into a school system and we'll say 90% of the teachers are female, what percentage of those females are alcoholics? I would say it's probably going to be pretty low. I don't have statistics, but I'm going to go ahead and guess pretty low. Now, if you take a um, construction, we'll say a large construction firm, which is predominantly probably 95%, especially the more hands-on workers are probably 95% male, right? What percentage of those males are true alcoholics? I would bet that that number is high and most definitely higher than the teacher population, right? And so what's the difference? Well, a lot of it is the culture. And so when my cousin was working for a large firm in construction, and I know that the culture around that is a lot of smoking and drinking and you know, being isolated away from your home. And I remember my husband, my now husband, when he was in college, did a job that was a couple hours away from us. He worked in a large, for a large construction company or for the state doing large construction management or something like that. And he said that the culture, you know, a lot of the men would, after work, it was not abnormal for them to go to a bar until very late in the night or get an 18 pack or a handle of vodka and finish it by the end of the night and that was just the pattern and they all woke up and showed up for their jobs and worked and smoked cigarettes and you know maybe you wouldn't even guess but that was a lot of the culture and I think that my cousin unfortunately got kind of wrapped up in that culture and it's hard to break free from that addiction or say mental illness piece of it when that's the culture around you so you know, if I'm a girl and I'm a teacher and I'm struggling with alcoholism and I want to talk to my friends, my colleagues about it, the emotion is going to be almost more acceptable, especially as a female, than say my cousin going to one of his buddies on the job site and saying, hey, I think I have a problem with alcohol. You can't tell me that there aren't a large population of those people that aren't going to look at him and say, well, stop being a pussy, you're fine. And, um, there are probably some good ones out there and some that'll say, hey, like, I'm going to help you in any way I can. And I'm not saying he didn't have those resources or that help, but you also can't tell me that that's not the culture of where he was working. And even when I think about like how he grew up and where he grew up, I was talking to a friend who 
grew up in the same community. And it's like, yeah, even in high school, the culture is drinking, smoking, and fighting. And if you don't do those things, you know, you're wimpy. And I guess the part of this when this hit me so hard when we lost him was not only because I loved him so deeply and we were so close as kids. And, you know, you just think about when you lose someone, you don't think about how they are now. You think about them really when you were closest to them. And like, I remember when my husband lost someone to um, an overdose and, you know, he doesn't think of, he didn't think of him as the kid that was addicted to drugs. He remembered him as the, you know, fun, hockey loving 10 year old. And it's just different. And that's what I picture. I still picture that little like seven year old boy I was really close with and not the, you know, 24 year old, six foot two in a Chippewa boot type workman. That's not what I picture. And but I had a hard time instantly when I started to kind of come down from the immediate grief of his loss because I have three boys and I, my um, cousin's father had three boys. And so when I saw him, I couldn't help but feel that connection. Even though I have no connection to this man, I never really knew him growing up. I knew his name and that was it. There was just something about like he has three boys and so do I. And how do you lose and cope with the loss of one of your children? It was, um, you know, I think about when we watched the movie Stepmom for the first time with my mother-in-law. She had never seen it. And my mom cried when it was the, it's the movie Stepmom with um, Julia Roberts and the um, blanking on her name, but the woman has cancer and she has a daughter and a son. And my mom gets more emotional with the parts with the daughter because she has two daughters. And my mother-in-law got really emotional with the part with the son because she has two sons. You can't help but make that unconscious connection. And so I just had a really hard time because I'm like, here I have three boys that family has a history of addiction And someday I'm going to have to have these really hard conversations with them about alcohol and drugs and how we really are um, plagued in our family with mental health and addiction. And they have to be cognizant of that. And I don't want them to fear alcohol and fear these things, but they need to be aware of it. They need to understand it. And at the same time, I also want them to be more in tune or connected to their emotions. And I also want them to be strong. Um gentlemen. And it's a very hard balance for me because uh, you don't have to agree with me and that's okay. But there is a degree of me wanting for my boys to have some of the strong male characteristics. I also want them to be more aware of their own emotions and those around them. And I don't know, it's a really hard thing for me to think about finding that balance of wanting my kids to feel their emotions and understand their emotions and also be strong. And if, because if they wanted to say go in the military or something like that, there are characteristics that I look at people like, I read the book, uh, Tim Kennedy, Tim Kennedy's book a while back. And it was unbelievable to me, some of his characteristics, because I'm just not like that at all. So sometimes I find when people have traits that I don't, I find it really intriguing that they just don't say, um, they don't need the uh, the approval from other people. They do what they want and they are strong and they don't need someone to tell them that they're doing a good job. 
And um, he, I'm, I'm sure that's also related to his upbringing, but I know a lot of it is personality and it just served him really well. And I sometimes think about how I want my kids to have those traits and have those um, strengths. And also, so be strong and also have emotions and empathize. You know, again, the name of the podcast is Lead with Empathy for a Reason. I want my kids to have empathy, but I also don't want them to be just overcome sometimes like I am with feelings um, or empathy for others and their struggles. So where am I uh, going with all this? I guess my reason for sharing some of this is also motivated by my own personal feelings at the moment of I am trying to have a lot more um, empathy for the people around me and that I don't know their full story. When I'm driving down the road and I see someone, you know, a homeless person standing there with um, a sign asking for help, I find myself really taking a step back and wondering what led them to that position. Why are they standing on the side of the road? You know, why are they homeless? Why do they have to beg for money and food? And I have to remember that I don't know everyone's story. And maybe they were abused as a child. And maybe all they know is alcoholism and all they know is addiction. And um, especially, again, that Good Morning Monster book, uh, I that really kind of reminded me that people go through things, traumas that I just could never understand. And I never want my kids, obviously, to, to um, they won't experience or I never want them to experience. But it's humbling in a way to remember that there are people who are struggling and we don't have to give them everything. You know, I don't have to hand them over my checkbook and give them a, an apartment and all the food in the world. I don't have the capacity, financial capacity to do that for them. But even just extending our kindness to people um, is an important, I guess, skill or trait or thing to practice. And rather than jumping to immediately jumping to, oh, they're just a lazy bum, you know, or they made really poor choices. And that's kind of what I see a lot on social media, too, of people seeing the instantly, you know, when something happens to someone that's addicted or say um, passes from addiction, overdosing, etc., that they just immediately jump to that the person made these horrible choices and that they were a horrible person. And I just don't, one, choose to believe that. And two, I just have way more empathy for these people that um, there could be some underlying traumas, underlying uh, addiction patterns, underlying mental health issues. And I know because I've seen it, and I've dealt with it. You know, I have told people before when I've had panic, when I've had a true panic attack, I've said to my husband, this is why people do drugs. Um, because panic or a true panic attack is probably the worst feeling ever. Um, it feels like I am running from a bear and yet, you know, there's no bear, but you just feel like you are absolutely draining your heart is just racing and going crazy and you have no control over it and I developed panic when my grandfather died and um, I I developed panic episodes in the middle of the night and it was absolutely all-consuming and knock on wood fortunately uh, in the past six years I've only had a handful of those moments and I've really been able to control them a larger degree to a larger degree than I ever have 
but I still have had them. And when I have them, again, I remind myself, this is why, as crazy as it is, like I say to myself, this is why people do drugs. I get it because they are so consuming. And if you have no supports around you and you have no one in your life or you're also struggling to get food or find shelter and you deal with anxiety due to X, Y, or Z reasons, it is all consuming. It is awful. It is so, I just don't even have the words if you've experienced panic, then you know. So I'm coming back to this episode now a week later after starting that recording. I apologize if you started to. I realized that a lot of the audio needs some work and my kids were screaming in the back and that makes it probably hard to hear. But I, this was a hard thing and if you made it through um, listening, I just really appreciate it. I have had a hard week between the yesterday now was my when I'm recording and going to publish this today was my cousin's birthday and the grief really did hit me uh randomly throughout the day and it hurts um it hurt my body a lot and just still trying to navigate how I want to I guess handle the grief and handle the situation of his loss um emotionally and for my kids, <clears throat> for my kids and what I want for our future and in their future. So thank you for listening. I, there was a bigger message. There are a lot of bigger messages that I want to talk about. And I feel like I probably did not portray that all the best that I wanted. Um, but I'm giving myself grace because I really just did it without making notes for myself and just speaking from the heart. So I I guess in closing, and I want to have follow-up conversations about this and perhaps be more organized, but especially going into the holidays and with all the like political drama and just all the information out there constantly thrown at us, you know, the name of the podcast Lead with Empathy was not just to sound like corny and lame. It really is something that I try to practice because... I am reminded all the time that I don't know someone's story. I don't know what they've been through. And I do believe that life is made of choices. And why do some people make choices that others don't? You know, that's a big conversation too. But at the end of the day, we are all just people. And we all deserve respect, empathy, and love. And unfortunately, not every person feels that way about themselves um, or other people. So going into the holiday season, uh, especially in just every day as a practice, please just have empathy for people. Don't let it consume you. And that's perhaps one of my problems is that I do let um, others' emotions and others' things fully consume me. I guess, yeah, another good conversation. But um, just taking a breath sometimes and if you have preconceived notions about people with mental illness or addiction or whatever it is just take a breath and remember that isn't there a saying it wasn't there a book or a saying growing up that was like you don't know a man until you've walked 10 miles in their shoes or something like that just keep that in mind um and it's the same goes for me you know I think that sometimes I portray this like I don't know if it's perfection message But you're only seeing a glimpse of my life on social media. And so 
even though things seem great for me all the time, please know that I have my struggles too. And I've always been pretty private about it. And the only reason I want to share it is because I do think that there is space to share those messages. And perhaps my message is a little bit different. And maybe my um, stories will be a little bit different. But I hope that the stories impact someone and help someone, whether it's um, sharing their own story with someone, journaling, going to a counselor, doing reading, which I will put those books um, that I've been wanting to dive into. And some of them I have, but some of them just take like more effort than just a Kindle read. Um, I'll put those in the show notes. I will work on my audio as well. I hope again, the message today was not to make you like cry and sad and pity Holly. Um, It really just was a message of like, everyone has a story and we all have different chapters of our lives. You can't let it consume you, but we should also, also lead our hearts with empathy. And that's truly how I feel at the moment. So again, thank you so much for listening today.